This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi everyone, I'm Philip Mock and welcome to The Retirement Detective. Today we're solving the differences between investment advisors and brokers. It's one of the most common questions I get and we're going to dive into this case today. The laws and regulations surrounding brokers and investment advisors goes back nearly a hundred years and its roots can be found in the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 and the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. Obviously, both have been amended over the years somewhat, but the roots go back that far. Investment advisors and brokers are really the two primary avenues through which investors today get access to advice or help when they desire to not do things themselves. But it's really important to understand the differences between the two, to understand the types of firms that they work for, the different ways they get paid, what they can and cannot do, and the different types of legal obligations that they're required to follow. Let's dive into the differences. I want to set a couple of definition ground rules, I guess, to start. So let's start with investment advisors. So legally, an investment advisor actually refers to a firm that is an investment advisory firm and its employees that are what you and I would call the advisor are legally called investment advisor representatives. So for the purpose of this podcast to use the vernacular that I commonly hear out in the real world, when I say investment advisor, I'm going to be referring to the investment advisor representative and or its firm as needed. When I'm referring to a broker, that can mean a couple different things. There are brokers, there are broker dealers, there are large broker dealers, sometimes called wirehouses, and there's also independent broker dealers. But for today's podcast, when I'm referring to brokers, I'll just kind of refer to them as a group unless I need to point out a difference and I'll do that as needed. An investment advisor here, let's talk about the firm first. An investment advisory firm is a firm made up of investment advisory representatives, and they're there to offer investment advice, financial planning advice, and and other financial services that surround the delivery of financial advice to consumers, or in some cases, institutions. So someone says, I need help investing, I need help planning for retirement, and they go seek out someone, and one of those people could be an investment advisor. A broker is a individual that works for a broker-dealer. Sometimes brokers may be called agents, and they work at a a brokerage or a wirehouse, and it's someone else that someone that doesn't want to handle their financial affairs themselves could go work with a broker too. There are a number of things in common between the two. They, They both can help facilitate the the purchase of securities, 
They can offer financial advice to some degree. Both can do that. Um, but it really gets different when you look at how deep that advice goes and, and, and the legal obligations that surround them. The biggest difference between an investment advisor and a broker is really down to, to two key areas. The way that they're compensated and the legal obligations that they have to follow. So let's start with an investment advisor first, and they're required to follow what's known as a fiduciary duty. So a fiduciary duty is owed by the investment advisor to the client, and it has two prongs. So according to the SEC, all investment advisors owe their clients both the duty of care and the duty of loyalty. And then it further provides a definition that says, an advisor must always serve the best interests of its client and cannot put its own interests ahead of the interests of its client. So there's the official definition. In a nutshell, when presented an opportunity when working with a client, an investment advisor may at times encounter conflicts of interest where, you know, for instance, they may, if they charge based on a percentage of the assets under management, a fiduciary advisor, an investment advisor, may come across a situation where the right advice for them is to encourage the client to make a large donation or make a withdrawal or make a large gift, which would reduce the account value. And if they charge based on a percentage of that, reduce the base from which their fees are calculated. An investment advisor that's acting as a fiduciary would still need to proceed with making the appropriate advice to go on and make the, the gift or the donation or whatever it is that is in the best interest of the client, even though that reduces the base from which their fees would be calculated for in that example. It may also be the case that when an investment advisor is meeting with a prospective client as a fiduciary, they have to ascertain whether or not they have the skill set uh, appropriate to help them with their needs. If their fees are appropriate for that person based on um, their assets, their income, a number of different circumstances, it may be the case that an advisor that's really experienced and therefore charges a premium rate, it may be in a client's best interest that is maybe right out of school and not earning much income yet, it may not be appropriate for that advisor to work with that client, even though their their skills may be ample or beyond ample for what that client needs, their premium price may not be appropriate for that client and their limited means. So an advisor that's a fiduciary has to make sure that um, the clients they take on fit within the realm of things that they're capable of, that the fees are appropriate for the client, and that they're able to exercise both that duty of loyalty and duty of care in all of their interactions with their clients. A broker's legal obligations are different from an investment advisor's fiduciary duty. Suitability is a different standard, and it's less of an obligation than the fiduciary standard. In a nutshell, Suitability requires that when a broker recommends the purchase or sell of a security, the broker must have a reasonable basis for believing that the recommendation is suitable for the client. That's a paraphrase of the SEC definition. 
A broker must simply ascertain whether or not that transaction at that moment is suitable for a client. A fiduciary also has to meet the suitability standard, but must go further than that in not only ascertaining whether or not a transaction is suitable, but they still have to go beyond that and exercise that duty of care and duty of loyalty to look beyond the transaction across all of the client's circumstances. So let, let's maybe use a quick example. So let's say a, we're going to have advisor A and broker B are working with a client. So the client first calls broker B and says, broker, I would like you to buy five shares of stock ABC. So the broker says, well, sure, I can do that for you. They have knowledge of their age, their income, uh, a brief summary of their financial circumstances. It seems like a good idea for them at this particular moment. So they execute that trade. The client then calls advisor A and says, hi, I would like to buy five shares of stock ABC. The investment advisor's answer should be a little bit different. They say something like, well, hi, I, I can possibly help you with that. Let's analyze how buying stock ABC would fit within the context of your goals. And let's make sure that it's appropriate for your risk tolerance and see how buying ABC stock fits within the context of your plan. And if after that analysis, it makes sense for you to buy ABC stock, then I'm happy to help you with that transaction. Suitability standard requires that the broker analyze, is this a good track transaction for this client today? Fiduciary advisors required to analyze, is this transaction a good idea for this client, not just today, but into the future and within the greater context of all of their goals, because it's beyond a transaction. So a broker is principally transaction driven and an investment advisor is more like a consultant. They're principally advice driven. So there's a component that goes beyond the transaction with a fiduciary advisor that involves implementation and monitoring of the advice given to make sure that it's still relevant over a long period of time. As a part of that, there are different ways that these two groups get paid. A broker is typically more uh, given their, their different legal obligation, a, they have a different compensation structure. So often brokers are paid on more of a transaction based model. They either earn a commission, at the time of purchase or sale, or they earn some sort of uh, commission each year that that particular security or asset is held. Sometimes that's called a trail. So for instance, let's pretend that we have ABC stock and the broker buys the five shares of ABC stock from our little example here. They have a, let's say at their brokerage, they have a transaction schedule that says a, a broker assisted trade is $35. So regardless of how much in terms of dollar amount, the five shares of ABC stock is that broker is going to make $35 from that trade. They may not make any other money from that client until the client decides or the broker recommends that there is some other transaction taking place. 
So they make money off that type of commission. Um, brokers are usually also dual licensed to sell insurance and annuities. Insurance and annuities typically involve a, a large upfront um, premium payment or purchase price. And a broker will get a typically a, a percentage of that, a larger percentage of that at the initial purchase, and then a smaller percentage commission that they receive each year that that insurance or annuity is held. These are also forms of commission. So brokers typically, it's all about, in terms of their pay, it's about transaction-based events. So not always, but most of the time, with a broker, the more transactions that occur in an account, the more they get paid. So there's a conflict of interest between uh, brokers sometimes where let's say that a broker analyzes a client's situation for their request or something that they need and they have two choices. And let's say um, choice number one involves selling them something that has a, a pretty low cost and a low commission for that client and would accomplish the client's objectives as the broker sees them today. And let's say option two um, is a higher commissioned product that has higher fees, but from the broker's perspective would also meet the client's objectives as the broker sees them today. Since the broker is not held to a fiduciary standard, Broker is permitted under the suitability standard to recommend to the client the one with the higher product, um, or I'm sorry, the higher commission, even though there was an option that had a lower one, as long as both meet the client's objectives. If, if a broker recommends something that has a high commission and does not meet the client's needs for that moment, that's not permitted. That's, that's not allowed. So, it's when comparing two things that are equivalent from the client's perspective in terms of meeting their needs. Um, if the broker has the opportunity to pick one that has a higher com commission, they are permitted to do so. Investment advisors, given their fiduciary duty and having to act in a client's best interest at all times, are usually looking for the lowest cost, cost option for whatever type of thing they're looking for. So that typically means purchasing mutual funds with no commissions and no revenue sharing, um, looking for ETF and stock trades that have very low commissions at the time of trade or no commission. And if you're working with an investment advisor and you say, well, I noticed that when they make trades that there's still a commission, that's probably true. Advisors and brokers really have to work together because brokers are the principal intermediary between investors and stock exchanges. So even on most of the trades that investment advisors make out there somehow end up routing their way through a broker or dealer in order for that trade to get executed at the stock exchange. The difference is that that trade charge with an investment advisor does not go to the investment advisor. It goes to the brokerage company that they use or the custodian that they use. So it's the difference between um, whether or not the advisor sitting across from you at the table is getting a commission or not. 
That doesn't necessarily mean that investment advisors are free from conflicts of interest. Let's talk about that for a second. So investment advisors are typically paid on a flat fee basis or a percentage of the assets under management basis. They do not make money from transactions like commissions or revenue sharing. When you're working with an investment advisor and they make a security recommendation to you, you should have a reasonable amount of confidence that they're advising you that that this security or, or batch of securities is in your best interest. It is not in their best interest from a compensation standpoint, but they're not going to be driven by generating a lot of transactions, but they may have other conflicts of interest. For instance, if they get paid based on a percentage of the assets under management, then obviously the larger that asset base is, the, the higher their fees might be. If they're paid on a flat fee basis, then you would hope, but they're, they would have the ability to do sort of the bare minimum in terms of work and still earn the same fee. So there's really no way to avoid some sort of conflict with any type of advisor. But when you're working with a fiduciary, they have a legal obligation to do what's in your best interest. So even though they may benefit from an account growing, or if they're paid on a flat fee basis, they may benefit from clients that um, maybe call less often or something like that. They are still under that fiduciary duty. So despite that, they have a legal obligation to do what's in your best interest. So going back to those two duties, um, even if a, a client is, is maybe not the squeaky wheel, as the saying goes, advisors still have a duty of care and a duty of loyalty and should be reaching out to that client, looking for interesting and innovative ways to help that client along the way, even if the client is maybe less inclined to reach out to them. Or even if they're paid based on a percentage of the assets under management, an advisor should exercise their fiduciary duty when opportunities present themselves for helping that client through planning issues that may reduce the account value that they go on and proceed with making those recommendations, even though it will likely result in them being paid less. Brokers and investment advisors are overseen by two different regulatory bodies, so that's another difference. Investment advisors are typically overseen by the Securities and Exchange Commission, and brokers are typically overseen by FINRA, which is the Financial Industries Regulatory Authority. In addition, they may also be overseen by a state agency like the State Insurance Department or State Securities Department. When you're out there in the real world looking for a professional to work with, it's important to ascertain whether you're working with someone that's a broker or someone that's an investment advisor. And there's a couple ways that you can tell. So there's this thing called broker check, which if you go out and make an internet search for SEC broker check or FINRA broker check, it, you'll be presented with a search page when you click on the appropriate option that will give you the opportunity to either search for a particular advisor or broker or to search for a particular firm or brokerage. When you do this, you'll encounter a wealth of information. So if you're looking for a person, for instance, and you find them, you can click on them and determine from the search results whether they're legally registered as an investment advisor or if they're legally registered as a broker. And you'll also be able to see if they've ever had any customer complaints, you'll be able to see what sort of licensing exams or other certifications that they've 
been able to achieve in their career, and you'll get a brief history of their career and the different types of firms that they've been registered under. Same for FINRA. So whether you pick the SEC broker check or the FINRA broker check, you really can't go wrong because if someone's an investment advisor, they'll actually appear in the FINRA broker check and the FINRA broker check will say, hey, they're actually an advisor. We're sending you to the SEC page and the SEC page will do the same thing back to FINRA for brokers. So pick one or the other, perform your search. The licensing exams are out there and, and that's one way to tell too. So the exams that advisors and brokers have to take are administered uh, based on a common group of exams called the series exams. So for investment advisors, they're typically required to take the series 65 exam and brokers are sometimes required to take the series seven exam. So based on whether or not they have one of those may give you an indication as to whether or not they are acting as a broker or an investment advisor. Now, one thing to be on the lookout for, some brokerages permit their brokers to be duly registered as a broker or investment advisor, which means they may have the licensing based on the series exams that they've taken in past, that they have the capability to either act as a broker or act as an investment advisor. They can sort of take one hat off and put on the other one as needs arise. Those are out there. And if they're acting as an investment advisor, then they should be acting as a fiduciary. I would just keep in mind that when you're looking at that type of person and that type of uh, scenario, then you need to be careful and make sure that if you see someone that's duly registered, inquire with them to make sure that when you engage with that person, that you're engaging with them under the, the type of relationship that you wish to have with them, either as a broker or as an investment advisor. It's really important to do your research and ask questions. Be sure and ask any advisor or broker that you intend to work with how they get paid. Make a hypothetical situation or transaction and say, hey, here's such and such scenario I just made up. How would you get paid in that scenario? How do you get paid um, you know, from your employer? Is it is it all commission-based? Is it salary plus commission? Is it salary and bonus? How is the bonus calculated? These are all reasonable questions to ask an advisor and they should be very transparent with you on how those um, compensation relationships are driven. Overall, I think it's really important for investors to understand the difference between advisors and brokers. They each have their place in the market and they need each other to some degree. They work together. They're, they're both gonna be around for a long time. It is really important to understand the difference between fiduciaries and the suitability standard and how it's different. If you're working with someone and you're not sure which standard your advisor or broker is using, I would encourage you to ask that question. This has been a really fun case to dive into. There's a lot of history here since the laws surrounding advisors and brokers goes back nearly 100 years. I really enjoyed talking about this with you today and I look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. 
Philip Mock is an owner of 1522 Financial LLC. 1522 Financial LLC is a registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Oklahoma. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of 1522 Financial LLC. 1522 Financial LLC is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. 1522 Financial LLC does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. 1522 Financial LLC shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer. Any reference to cases or case files is purely for entertainment purposes only.